You are listening to the Uncanceled Podcast. We believe that Jesus came to set you free and nothing can cancel the truth of God's word. Now here's your host, the youth pastor of Impact Youth at Faith Church in New Milford, Connecticut, Pastor Joey Santora. What is going on, Uncancelled? How are you guys doing? Thank you so much for tuning in. We are back. We missed last week, but we are back, man. First one that we missed in a while, man. Mm. I, I I was on vacation. I was supposed to record on Tuesday. A lot of stuff going on. Sorry about that. Uh, but we are back with week two of Divine Healing. Uh, today, yes. I'm going to talk to you how to receive Divine Healing for your life. Uh, I'll get into a recap of our last podcast uh, when we get there. But first. But first. It is now time to rate, rate that. that. Foreign snack. Mm, that didn't really do it for me. Why not? Um, it was fine. It was like a. Well, he's just upset at, at what we're gonna. Yeah, be it's, see, we've been so every week for the last like I don't know since January. I've been yeah. avoiding this. Mm. I've been avoiding this. I hear me out on this. I avoided this almost more than those mayo chips that we that that we had uh, the yeah. other day. I did really not did. want to try this. Here's why. It sounds gross, and it sounds like it's just nacho cheese Doritos, which I like, but it just sounds like it's going to be like a little like grosser than that. Well, we're going to find out. These are Actually, uh, like zesty cheese Doritos from Canada. Say what it says. It says fromage mordant. So something that something fromage. that Ben, you don't know about Ben, is he took French. Sure did. And so all four years, I don't really think he pronounced it all that well. Six words. Yeah, um, I-, I thought that said Morant for a second. Like no. no, something about cheese though. I don't know what. Uh... Sounds like something I'm not really excited about. Yeah, but we're gonna maybe it'll be good. I think it's gonna be fine. I just feel like it's gonna be like not what you want. It's like Canada. All right. All right. I mean, it's nacho cheese yeah, Doritos. It... It smells exactly like nacho cheese Doritos. So this it's gonna be just, fine. It's so dumb. Why are we trying this? If it's like, if it's like you know, you know why we're trying this? Doritos. It's because we didn't make it to the mall this week, and this is the last, the last item in the Th- box. That is why. But like, ready? Nacho cheese Dorito. Here we go. Hold on. Oh, a little, a little different at the end there. No. Hold on. Tastes pretty much like a nacho cheese Dorito. Pretty much, but like a tiny bit different. Tiny at the bit end. different. Why is it like a little better? Do you feel that? Yeah, I don't really feel that. I think a nacho cheese is better. When's the last time you had a nacho cheese Dorito? I don't know. Maybe yeah. like maybe like a month ago. Oh, I probably haven't had one in honestly. A hold up, amount of time. But it's a little sweeter. You think so? Oh, whoa. That was a little different. It's a tiny bit different. But pretty much the same. Pretty much the same. Would you eat the whole bag? Oh, yeah. I would eat the whole bag, too. I think, like, like, all right, I want to be clear about, like, my reaction before, right? I wasn't sure if it was going to be, like, really gross cheese, like that kind of taste. But, like, once I smelled it, 
I just kind of felt like it was going to be a nacho cheese Dorito. Yeah. I would say it is basically a nacho cheese Dorito. I, I kind of... Except I'm, a little different. I'm a little upset. Here's why. Okay. Why did Canada have to do this? Yeah, that, that's annoying. I agree like, with you. Just have regular nacho cheese Doritos, Canada. It's like... It's like why you, you gotta like, be different? It's like it's like you like invent a sport, like Canada invents a sport that's basketball, but they call it hoop ball. Like, come like, on. Like, why? What are we doing? Why? Just just call it nacho cheese Doritos. Call like, it there's no reason to do this. Zesty cheese. Doesn't it doesn't sound good. No. That's why I wasn't looking forward to it. Like, I would thought, honestly, here's why, right? I thought it would be bad cheese because who in the world just remarkets nacho cheese Doritos? Right. That's what they did. Doritos literally for Canada. I wonder, hold on. I wonder if like maybe in Canada it's more appealing to say zesty cheese than it is to say nacho cheese. Maybe nachos is not an American or is just is not a Canadian thing. Maybe. I mean I mean they're they're you know appealing to the French Canadians, right? I guess. Whatever. I guess. It 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 just makes me want to give it like a one. Just because yeah. I'm a little annoyed. But I'm not gonna do that. No, I'll rate it fair. Unfair. I'll rate it fair. Um Go ahead. It, it, it's a good chip. I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it an eight. Yeah, I'm gonna give it. Uh, I'm. I'm gonna give it an eight. I mean, I. It, there, there's really no like. Like, there's nothing that's wowing you. You're not no. like wow. It's, it's it's really good. For me, it's a slightly worse nacho cheese Dorito, just slightly. For but. me, it's almost. I would rate them the same. And and maybe later on I'll have a nacho cheese Dorito and like I'll be like oh like actually this is like uh like way better or whatever yeah. but like it's an eight you honestly know, whatever. An anticlimactic whatever um, Canada rate honestly an anticlimactic uh, rate okay. that we're gonna but, be back yes we're making a run we're, we're making, making a run. run this week because we have to make a run you have or to. else there won't be a rate that next week we're gonna buy some really creative stuff like we're yeah, not coming back with like nonsense like it's It'll gonna be, be like and because like this one my sister ordered these snacks for me which was like awesome it was actually yeah. the inspiration behind rate that we yep. would we would we've ne- would have never done rate that foreign snack it's true uh if she didn't get these snacks so uh thanks to my sis nicole for uh for doing that but um yeah, we're going to go to 203 Exotics. and uh, good. And we're going to make Rate That Great we're again. We'll be back better than ever. Better than ever. Yes. Yes, sir. All right. That's it for Rate That. It's now time to hop into a Bible teaching for today. Excited about this one. Today, I want to talk to you about how to receive divine healing. How to receive divine healing. But before I do, I'm going to take a drink of water because I just had a Dorito. There we go. That's good. All right. How to receive divine healing. You know, like I, like I talked to you guys about a, a couple of uh, weeks ago, two weeks ago when I did this, there's a lot of debate whether or not divine healing is always the will of God. I told you that there's three different schools of thought. I think I actually said four. But really and truly comes down to either don't believe in healing you either think that healing is for sometimes or that healing is for always. That That's kind of an easy way to break it down. I think I went into it in, in greater depth and understanding in my last teaching. And if you didn't watch my first teaching on divine healing, I'd encourage you to go back and do that. Because last time, uh, you know, we established through the word of God that healing is always the will of God. God is a healer. It is in his nature to heal. He desires to heal. Um, one thing I will say that might be a little bit uh, controversial and different than some people that stand in my camp, that healing is always the will of God, is I do believe that God's primary interest in our life is for us to know him 
and for us to be saved, for us to know him, for us to live a life that's honoring to him, for us to accomplish the purpose that he has for us. I think that healing comes through having a relationship with God and just knowing God, knowing what his word says. And, you know, healing is healing is an interest of God in our lives. He, are, he paid for it. He cares about it very much. But more important than healing is having a strong and good relationship with God. So I do want to put that out there to you, that more important than healing or anything else is, hey, do I have a strong relationship with Jesus Christ? And when you develop that strong relationship with him, that's when we can uh, we can um, begin to see his benefits and divine healing has already been paid for, of course, but God's primary interest is us walking in his purpose and, and uh, calling for our lives. Um, but... That does not change that divine healing has been paid for, atoned for, and is his will for our lives. God wants you to be healed. God wants you to be well. God does not want you to be sick. Now, this might lead to the question, if I'm not healed, does that mean that I'm bad? Does that mean I'm not a good person? Does that mean that, you know, uh, that, you know, God doesn't like me? No, that's not what that means. That's not what I'm saying at all. Rather, I'm saying that today you can, uh, today and in the last teaching as well, you could receive revelation on why it's always the will of God to heal. Um, you know, actually, I'm going to get to that in one of my points. I'm not going to say that right now. How do you receive divine healing? I'm going to talk about three, three things to do to receive divine healing. Uh, and uh, I could probably go into some more, but these are some three fundamentals and basics. And the reason I'm even doing this teaching in this series is because I feel like there's, uh, I feel as though that I've never really done a straightforward teaching on divine healing on the podcast. I've mentioned divine healing. I've mentioned that it's the will of God, but I've never done an actual defense and understanding in the word of God and how we can pull out that truth from the scriptures. And so that's exactly what I'm doing right now. Uh, Again, last week, we uh, or not last week, two weeks ago, we established what the will of God is concerning divine healing, and it's that he always wants to heal. So how to receive divine healing? First, have faith. Have faith. This is very fundamental and basic. Have faith. Look at what Luke chapter 18, verse 42 says. Something that seems to be a pattern when Jesus heals is that there is a faith component of all involved. Usually the faith component is from the individual in need of divine healing. That is what we usually see modeled for us in the scripture. We also see at times we see faith from other people involved in the story as well, but mainly we see faith from the person that is receiving divine healing. Luke chapter 18 verse 42. There's a man, and he was uh, he was a blind man. Actually, I think I'm going to read from verse 35. He was a blind beggar, and Jesus is passing him, and here's what happens. It says in verse 35, forgive me if my language is a little bit more formal in my Bible today. This is a New King James Bible today. I left my other Bible uh, in Pennsylvania, and it's being mailed to me. So, um, It says, then it happened, as he was coming near Jericho, that a certain blind man sat by the road begging. And hearing a multitude pass by, he asked what it meant. So they told him Jesus of Nazareth was passing by, and he cried out, saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then those who went before warned him that he should be quiet. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be brought to him. And then, and when he, came, uh, when he had come near, he asked him, saying, what do you want me to do for you? He said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, receive your sight. 
your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and and followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God. A couple, something I want to point out in this text real quick that I read at the end just now. Again, coming back to the idea, is it the will of God to heal? I know that's not our main topic for today, but I think it might be something beneficial. Notice how it glorified God that he was healed. It glorified God that he was healed. It says immediately he received his sight and followed him, glorifying God. There was no glory being given to God through the sickness. There was glory being given to God through the healing. People say sometimes God's glory is shown through somebody's sickness. I don't see that in the Bible. I see people being healed, and that's when there's glory being given to God. That's when there's praise to God. It says that uh, when the people saw it, they gave praise to God. They weren't giving praise to God. Praise God that this brother here is blind. We just thank God so much for his blindness. It's so wonderful. Nobody was saying that. There was no glory or praise being given to God because of the sickness. Rather, there was praise and glory to God being given because of the healing that is taking place. Certainly, it can be glorifying to God in the sense that, you know, somebody still serves God despite challenges that they may face in life. I understand that there is an element where, you know, somebody is sick and they're still giving God. God praise, but that's not the glory that God is looking for. The glory that God is looking for is through the healing, not through the sickness. We see that modeled in scripture, that when there's healing, that there's glory being given to God. And so yet another example we see in the scripture and another reason why healing is always the will of God. God does not get glory because of sickness. God gets glory because of the healing power that he, that, that, uh, that causes people to get touched and restored. That's where God gets glory. And then we see that again in this text. But here in this text, we see this man crying out. He's crying out and he's saying, Jesus, have mercy on me. And so Jesus calls for him. He comes forward and the Lord sees his faith. How do I know that there was faith involved? Very, very clear here. Because Jesus says, receive your sight. Your faith has made you well. What made the blind man well? We don't have to wonder. His faith made him well. His faith in who? His faith in Christ. So what can make us well in our body? Our faith in Christ. Our faith in Christ, who he is, his character, his nature. It can make us well to believe in faith for what Jesus has accomplished for us. Notice how I use the word has as a past tense. Jesus has accomplished divine healing for us. Jesus has accomplished divine healing for us. Faith is a component that is necessary in receiving divine healing. Go to Mark chapter 5, verse 42. Mark chapter 5, verse 42. It says this. I'm going to get into this story in a second. This is the woman with the issue of blood. She, She had an issue of constant bleeding in her body. And uh, we'll talk about that in just a second. But she, she grabs the hem of Jesus' garment. And here's what Jesus says to her. Actually, I'm sorry. It's not verse 42. It's verse 34. Don't know where I got 42 from. Sorry about that. <laughs> Jesus said, it says, And he said to her, being Jesus, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Again, Jesus cites 
somebody's faith in him being the reason why they're receiving divine healing in their body. And I, I just felt the Lord put this on my heart here. Notice this too. Jairus is another man that's in this story. Jairus is in this story and Jairus comes and to Jesus and says, you know, Jesus, help me. My little girl is dying. And so Jesus is on his way to go to Jairus's house and he's on his way to Jairus's house. And actually the scene gets interrupted by this woman with the issue of constant bleeding, interrupting the scene and touching the, uh, the hem of Jesus's garment. And so Jesus stops and Jairus is like all concerned, like Jesus, like, don't you know that my daughter is dying? Like, dude, like, let's go. Come on. Come on, Jesus, like, let's go. But Jesus stops because he feels the healing power come out of, um, come out of uh, him. And Jairus is concerned, but notice what Jesus even says to Jairus. It says in verse 36, as soon, as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, the ruler of the synagogue was Jairus, do not be afraid, only believe. Or other translations say, only have faith. Again, there's that word believe. There's that word faith. Jesus seems to be concerned with the faith of the individuals who are receiving divine healing. With the faith of those that are receiving divine healing. Faith is a necessary component, the scripture seems to suggest, to somebody receiving divine healing, that faith prompts divine healing. It's kind of like this. I've described faith like this to believe for really anything, but let's talk about in the instance of divine healing. If I have a remote, if I have a remote, and the remote doesn't have batteries, the remote's not going to do anything, right? You know, I like to watch different TV shows or the Mets or... I got my Mets thing on right now, but, you know, Mets or, you know, Knicks or Cowboys or my teams or any type of sports game. The NBA Finals is on tonight if you're watching. Uh, well, actually, you'll watch tomorrow. So the NBA Finals was on last night. And, you know, you're watching all those things. If you don't have batteries in the remote, the remote's not going to respond. It's not going to do anything. However, when you put batteries into the remote, the remote does what it's supposed to do, right? And it begins to, you know, change the channel, all that stuff. In the same way, God responds to faith. It's not that God is incapable of doing something without faith. Hear me on this. Hear me, because a lot of people get, are you saying that God is powerless without our faith? I'm saying that God has chosen to say, I want your faith. And without it, Sorry, that's what God has chosen to do in his free in, uh, in his all-powerfulness. He's given us free will. It's not that God uh, has to be powerless without our faith. It's that God has chosen to say, I want your faith, and that's what I'll respond to. Hear me on that and understand that there's a difference. I'm not saying that, you know, God is a completely powerless being without us and that, you know, all that stuff. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that God says, I want your faith, and that's the way that he's chosen to do things. So we need to realize that, that God has chosen to respond to our faith, and that's why Jesus makes that distinction. He goes, go, your faith has made you well. Nothing's too hard for me. Just have faith in me. Jairus, just have faith in me. Don't worry, just believe. The word that Jairus, is, uh, Jairus actually got is that his daughter had died. And Jesus says, don't worry, don't be afraid, just have faith. Just believe. And so Jesus is concerned with faith. The Bible's not only concerned with faith in the Gospels, and it's not just Jesus, although that would be enough. James chapter 1, if you guys would turn there with me. James chapter 1, verse 8. Oh, I went way past it. I went way past it. There it is. 
James chapter 1, verse 8. Do I want to start in verse 8? No, I want to start in verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For, uh, for let that man not suppose or suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. I'm going to read verse 7 and 8 again. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Here's what people like to say in this text. I, it's funny. They're like, well, Brother Joey, this is referring to wisdom. It's talking about, you know, wisdom. And, you know, this isn't talking about faith in anything else. It's just talking about asking for faith for wisdom. Yes, in the context, it's talking about wisdom. But look at what it says in the text. Read the text. It says, for let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. Anything from the Lord. It doesn't specifically say, let that, you know, man, uh, it doesn't say, let not that man suppose that he will receive wisdom from the Lord. It says anything is what the distinction is. Anything. Let that, not that man expect that he'll receive anything from the Lord. When we are double-minded in asking God, that's a problem where we're, you know, one over here and one over here. And we're like, okay, you know, I guess God, you know, I don't really know. I'm not really sure if I want to put my faith in God. I don't really know. And we're all confused with our faith in God. We're being double-minded in that moment. But here's what your prayer should be. I encourage you because you might be thinking to yourself, well, I want to receive divine healing, but sometimes it's hard for me to have faith. Sometimes it's hard for me to have faith. Maybe you've faced a sickness for many years or maybe you've uh, seen other people not get healed. And so you're like, I want to have faith. I like what you're saying, Joey. I like everything that you're communicating to me right now, but I just struggle to have faith. I struggle to believe God. What should I do in that scenario? I don't want to be double-minded. Here's what you can do. I'm going to actually look it up real quick. I'm going to have you turn somewhere with me in just a second. Go to Mark chapter 9, verse 23. Mark chapter 9, verse 23. This will encourage you because sometimes people can make it sound like when they preach, just have faith, man. Like, you know, and if you don't have any faith, like, you know, well, that's too bad for you. Get some faith. Here's what you can do, right? There are ways that you can increase your faith. You can increase your faith by reading the word of God. You can increase your faith by praying. And here's something that you can pray. Mark chapter 9, verse 23. And Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. So Jesus tells this man, if you believe that all things are possible to you. Immediately, the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying, Deaf and dumb spirit, I command you to come out of him and enter no more. So what did Jesus tell, what, what did uh, this man say? He said, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. You can ask God, God, help my unbelief. Help the unbelief that I have. And here's something that we have that this man did not have. This man did not have the word of God. He had, he had available to him the Old Testament, but he didn't have the fullness of the word of God. And so we now have the word of God. If you want to increase your faith in, li in life, read the word of God. Read the word of God. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. 
Faith comes through the word of God. You can receive more faith for your life when you read the word of God, but you can ask the Lord. I've said it to him before. I said, Lord, help my unbelief. Help any unbelief in me, God. Point it out to me. Point out unbelief to me. You can even do things like this. I, I, this is not really what I was planning on talking about, but I just feel it in my spirit. You can even do this type of thing. If you feel unbelief in an area, you could do an action. To, you can do an action against that unbelief. So, for example, you know, I don't know. You're you're believing God for, let's just say, a new car. I don't know. We'll just throw that out there. I don't know if this is specific to anybody. I'm not sure if it's any over my, any of my teenagers' heads. But let's say you have a car, but you're believing God for a new car. Maybe your car is, you know, not doing the best or something like that. What if you did something like this? You're like, man, I want to believe that God can give me a new car. But, you know, I'm just not sure, you know, if I can and I have this struggle. What if you gave away your old car in belief that God was going to do it? You gave away that old car and you said, you know what, God, I'm going to trust you and I'm going to believe for you to give me a new car. So I'm not saying you have to do that. I'm not saying that's a requirement by any means. But if you felt to do something like that, that would be a way to show God. That would be a way to show, to say, hey, I have faith in God. I'm going all in. You know, you're believing, you're believing uh, for God to provide for something for you. You're believing for God to provide school for you. You're uh, believing for God to provide maybe a new car for you and you don't have a car at all. And you have $1,000 put aside. You have $1,000, but you need $10,000. I heard somebody say this once. Why not just give the $1,000 away, believing that God will supply the $10,000? You're just believing for $1,000 less or $1,000 more now, right? You needed $9,000 more. Now you're believing for $10,000. Why not go ahead and do something in action to be able to show, say, you know what? I'm going to show my unbelief what's up, and I'm going to put my faith in God. Make an action step. Make an action step. Do something. Where do we see this in the scripture? I'll show you in just a second in that story, but in the story with the woman in the issue of blood, she took an action step. She took an action step, but I'll show you that in just a second. I, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit. But you could take an action step to, a step to help build your faith. You could take an action step to help build your faith. But have faith in God. Faith is necessary for receiving a divine healing. The Bible seems to show us that, that Jesus valued people's faith. And when they had faith, it was done unto them, is what the scripture shows us. So my second point, first we have have faith. Second, know the Bible. Know the Bible. You know, th this is a big one. In Hosea 4, 6, it says, my people perish because of a lack of knowledge. My people perish because of a lack of knowledge, a lack of understanding. Some people ha have, uh, you know, say, uh, said, you know, uh, it, the words a lack of vision. It's, that's not the correct translation. It's a lack of knowledge. But my people perish for a lack of knowledge, and that's how most translations have it. But a lack of knowledge. In this specific case and context, there was something going on why Jesus, or why, not Jesus, why God was revealing that uh, in the scripture about a lack of knowledge. But the principle can be applied today still, that there is a lack of knowledge that sometimes causes people to not be able to receive things from God, specifically divine healing. 
But when you get understanding from the word of God and know the Bible, you have understanding and so you won't perish. Sometimes it's as simple as there's a mental blockage in people's minds that they don't have a revelation understanding from the word of God to get divine healing. Maybe you've been told before, God only wants to heal sometimes. God doesn't always heal. You know, well, so-and-so happened to Grandma Betty or Aunt Sue or Uncle Joe and, you know, something happened and so God's not really a healer. Perhaps you've been told that before. Those may be people's experiences, but I encourage you to know the Bible and see what it says. Knowing the Bible can open up our minds to getting revelation and understanding. We can begin to uh, to take that lack of knowledge and fill it with knowledge and revelation from the Word of God. Sometimes people simply perish because they don't know. Uh, Kenneth Hagin was a great man of God. He prayed for somebody to be healed. Uh, in a hospital, I believe. I may be getting the story messed up, but he prayed for somebody in a hospital and they didn't receive healing. And Brother Hagen goes, you know, have you ever been taught about divine healing? And the person said, no, you know, I, I've never really heard anything about this. I just kind of, you know, was letting you pray for me. And he said, I'm going to come by every day for the next couple of uh, weeks maybe or days, and I'm going to teach you on divine healing. I think it might have been four weeks. I don't know how many days during the week, but it was for four weeks uh, for some period of time, whether it was three, four days every day. And he taught this man on divine healing every single day, taught him every single day on divine healing. And at the end of his teaching, he said, okay, are you ready to receive now? He said, oh, yeah, like I know it's the will of God to heal me. Immediately, he received healing in his body and he left the hospital just like that. Sometimes it's because people don't have an understanding of what the scripture says. They're just going around, you know, declaring and proclaiming and loosing and doing all this different stuff, but they don't actually understand the Bible and what it says. They don't actually have an understanding of what the word of God says. Make your faith your own, I feel to encourage uh, some of you with right now. Don't rely on what I'm saying. Don't rely on what uh, any man says. Go to the word of God and see what the Word of God says. In my last teaching about healing being the will of God, I did what Brother Hagen did. I brought you through the Word of God in a brief period of time, showing you why it's the will of God to heal. But I'd encourage you to go and to read the Bible for yourself and see what the will of God concerning healing is. I almost guarantee you I don't know the full story. I didn't talk to Brother Hagen about it. I guarantee you that Brother Hagen showed this guy literally in a Bible, the, the text of Scripture. I believe that. Because you need to know the Bible for yourself. Make your faith your own. Jesus said in John 8, 32, that you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. The truth sets us free. The truth sets us free. We need to know the Bible. Part of, uh, uh, part of the uh, receiving divine healing is just knowing the character of God. Knowing the character of God. Exodus 15, 20 says, Exodus 15, 20 says, that I am the Lord. God says this, I am the Lord that healeth thee. I'm going to read that to you. I feel led of the Lord to actually turn there and read that to you right now. Exodus 15, 20. I actually didn't look this reference up before. I'm, I'm going from memory, so hopefully I was right. 15, 20. It is not Exodus 15, 20. I think it might be 2015. That's about midwives. Why does he want to talk about midwives? Uh, of course, you ever Google a scripture and they give you a song from some like random guy that you're just like, okay, like I, I don't really care about like this song from the guy. I just like the, the scripture, please. Uh, X, it's Exodus 1526, 1526. 
It says this, if you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, give uh, ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on which I have brought on the Egyptians. For I am the Lord that heals you. I am the Lord that heals you. The Lord is a healer. That's his character. He said, understand in the Pentateuch, God is revealing his character to a people that did not know him. They were getting to know him and they were learning him more and more. But in the Pentateuch, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, God is revealing his character, who he is, his nature, especially in Genesis, is God revealing his character and nature. But here in Exodus, God reveals his character. I am the Lord that heals you. That is who God is. God is a healer. God is a healer. That is what he is. That is what he does. That is what he wants to do. He is a healer. That's what God does. And so he says that if you're in covenant with me, I'm the Lord that heals you. I'm the Lord that heals you. That's what God wants. So one of the blockages we have to get over is knowing the character of God. The character of God is to heal. You might be wondering, but that text also says that he put things on the Egyptians. That's right. When you're an enemy of God, things don't go well for you. When you deliberately oppose God and his people, things do not go well for you. Some people uh, think that that's just an Old Testament concept. But even in the New Testament, we see some cases of people viciously and adamantly giving themselves over to the devil. Understand that. Giving themselves over to the devil, like literally going fully on the side of the devil, opposing the people of God and getting messed up for it. Ananias and Sapphira, King Herod, when he uh, did not give praise to God the way that he should have. You guys can look up those references. But the character of God is to heal. That is who God is. That is in his nature. That is in his character. He wants to heal. And those who are in covenant with him receive the benefits of his healing. We need to get over the mental blockage that God doesn't want to heal us because it is the character of God to heal. We need to know what the Bible says. The next thing to, to get, and this is kind of even in just knowing the Bible, we have to declare what God says. We have to declare what God says in receiving divine healing. Uh, math, uh, Matthew, not Matthew. I don't, that's not even like one of the scriptures I'm going to right now. I don't know why I just said Matthew. Uh, Proverbs 18, 21. It says, death in life is in the power of the tongue, and they that love it will eat the fruit thereof. Death in life is in your tongue. Now, a lot of people will say this. They'll say, well, you know, that scripture is not really referring to declaring the word of God and, you know, positive confession and stuff like that. In fact, it's the only scripture in the Bible that we see positive confession. Actually, no, it's not. Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11, verse 23. I know, I know that some people don't necessarily like positive confession. They don't think, I know denominations have wrote papers, position papers against positive confession, but I know that the Bible teaches confession, teaches about the words that you say actually mattering. That's what I mean by that. The words that you say, what you say, it can be done unto you. That might sound crazy. Whoa. The words that I say matter, the things that, yes, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it will eat the fruit thereof. Death and life is in your tongue. But watch this. Look at what Jesus teaches. Jesus curses a fig tree, and he curses it, and they return to it, and says in Mark chapter 11, verse 20, Now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look. The fig tree which you cursed has withered away. So Jesus used his words and cursed the fig tree and said, may you never produce fruit again. That's what he said. And the fig tree 
withered up and died. Well, you know, you might be thinking, that's cool. You know, Jesus has the power to be able to say stuff, and you know what happens. That's cool. But look at what Jesus says. Very interesting response. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. There's that word faith again. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says, he says, he says, Proverbs is the only place that talks about positive effect. He says, Jesus says it here. He says will be done. He will have whatever he says. He will have whatever he says. I'm just reading the words of Jesus right now. He will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say unto you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and they will be yours. Jesus makes it clear that the words that we say matter. Where does this come in with divine healing? How can I receive divine healing in my life? I can declare with my mouth that I am healed. Remember, I talked about last week, Matthew chapter uh, uh, 8, verse 16 through 17. There's Matthew. Matthew chapter 8, verse 16 through 17, that Jesus took up our sickness and bore our illnesses, that by his stripes we are healed, it says in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 5. It is a present reality that you are are healed. It has already been accomplished by Jesus Christ 2,000 years ago. Healing has already been atoned for. So therefore, when I feel sick in my body, I realize that my body may feel sick, but I declare with my mouth that I am healed because Jesus said right here, Jesus says he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. You can say things with your mouth. Now, of course, Jesus is talking about being in line with the word of God. He's not talking about, you know, I can't just go and declare, you know, things that are immoral or not of God. That's not what Jesus is saying. Jesus is talking about declaring those things that, that need to be declared, that are in the Bible, declaring things that are within, within biblical limitations, of course, and godliness and, and everything. God's not going to give you something. The scripture talks about when you ask, you ask with the wrong motivations and stuff. That's why you don't receive. So uh, we're not talking about words worldly desires here. We're talking about biblical things. We're talking about things that God wants for us. And we know again that healing's been atoned for. So therefore I can declare with my mouth that in the name of Jesus, that I am healed. I am healed. I've had situations in my life where I don't receive healing right away. You know, I believe God for a little while, you know, for something. And then eventually it comes to pass. It doesn't happen right away. Why? I'm not sure always why. Now, I'm going to talk about hindrances to divine healing one of these weeks. But there are hindrances to divine healing, of course. But sometimes you just need to keep on saying it and keep believing it. And that actually leads to my last point, which is be, be persistent. Be, persi be persistent, goodness sake. How to receive divine healing. Be persistent. Be persistent. Sometimes we give up so easy. Father, in the name of Jesus, you know, I thank you that I'm healed, Lord. And, you know, and then we say, you know, I command in Jesus' name, my body be well. You know, that, and by the way, that, that's one of the ways that we pray when we, when we uh, pray for divine healing. Not God, if it be thy will, would you heal my body? We can actually take authority over it. Because remember what Peter, and Peter said. He said, in the name of Jesus Christ, get up and walk. He said that in Acts chapter 3. He didn't say, 
Lord, if it be thy will with this man, get up and be able to walk in. He didn't say, Lord, if it be thy will. He knew what the will of God was concerning divine healing, Peter. So he said, in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. He didn't ask God if, if, if it was his will. He declared, in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. So I could say to my body, in the name of Jesus, be healed. I could say that to my body. I could believe that. And my body will be quickened and there'll be life in my body. And right now, even as you're watching, you can receive divine healing in your body with a simple belief in Jesus Christ, having faith in him and taking the authority that he has given you. You can receive that healing power in your body today. I feel that right now that even some of you that are watching this, that your life, that there's life being given to your body, that your body is being quickened. Your body is being healed by Jesus Christ right now. That it was already accomplished 2,000 years ago. You're just receiving it now. I believe that for you right now. I just felt that in my spirit, so I needed to go with it. But sometimes we give up so easy. We pray. We take authority. It doesn't happen right away. Oh, well, it must not be the will of God for me to heal. Yet again, we take all the medications to get better. If it's not the will of God for us to heal, we shouldn't be taking medications to get better, right? We talked about that a little bit last week. Because if God wants us sick, then stay sick. But sometimes we need to be persistent. We need to be persistent. I was going to talk about, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to talk about her for a sec. The Gentile woman. There was a woman in the Bible, and I'm not going to turn there right now. There's a Gentile woman. I'm going to turn there. I'm going to turn there. I want to go there. I want to go there. I want to go there. Sorry, I had to look it up real quick. Matthew chapter 15. Matthew chapter 15. I couldn't not go there. I was like, I couldn't get it. I couldn't get out of my spirit. I want to read the word of God to you guys. How many of you guys know as you're turning there that Things that I'm saying might be great, but if they're, if they're not in line with the Word of God, they don't matter. We need to read the Word of God. Amen? We need to read what the Word says. Verse 21, it says, Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region. Woman of Canaan, not a woman. Um, that was a woman from Israel. That was an Israelite. That was a Jew. And it says, The woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him saying, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon possessed. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and urged him saying, send her away for she cries out after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Here's what this is basically saying. Jesus is saying, my primary goal right now is to reach the people of Israel first and foremost. It, it, it would be open to the Gentiles as well, but right now his focus is Israel. Uh, and that's just a summary. We can get into that a little bit more. That's just a summary of that. Then she came and worshiped him saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. Now people are like, Jesus, that was so rude of Jesus and all that stuff. But I'm not going to get into that. Jesus wasn't trying to be rude with what he was saying. Verse 27, and she said, yes, Lord. Yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Then Jesus answered and said, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be done as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Something that we see here, actually, is I said it's mainly the faith from the person that actually is sick. In this instance, it was the faith of the mother for the daughter, but there was still faith involved. But anyway, this woman was persistent. She could have backed away. She could have said, oh, okay, it's only for the children of Israel. All right, I'm not gonna, I guess I can't receive. She said, no. 
Even the dogs eat what falls from the master's table. She was persistent. She pressed in. She said, I'm not going away without receiving something from this Jesus right here. I'm not going away until I receive what I have faith in and what I've asked for. She was persistent. Sometimes you have to be persistent. Not because God doesn't want to do it, but sometimes there needs to be a persistency. We can't give up. We can't just say, all right, fine. You know, I guess that's too bad. That didn't happen. Be persistent. Keep pressing in. Keep believing God. Don't give up. My, uh, the pastor of the church that I used to go to when I went to Bible college, he had a back issue for, I think, five or seven years, I forget. And he didn't receive divine healing right away, but he believed it was the will of God. He knew that God's timing was now. He just didn't know why he wasn't receiving it. One day, he kept believing God, kept believing God. One day, he received his divine healing and was completely healed. Now, that's not to say that you have to wait. That's not to say that, you know, God's timing is, you know, was that time. That's not what I'm saying. But I don't know why it took him that time. He says, I don't know why it took me all that time. However, I know that it was God's will to heal me. And the proof was that he was healed. The proof was he got healed. But he received divine healing in that moment. I don't know why it took him five or seven years or what it was, but he received. He was persistent. He kept pressing in. He kept seeking. He kept believing God for divine healing in his body. And get believing God. Sometimes you have to be persistent. The woman with the issue of blood in Mark 5, there was a big crowd of people around her. And she, the Bible says she thought to herself, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be healed. She could have said, yeah, but he's kind of far away. There's so many people around here. How could I ever get to Jesus? In that culture, she was a woman, and that was like, that was like a bad thing to be a woman. And Kind of, like, like they like looked down upon women. Like he was like, oh, you're a woman. You're just a woman. And actually, quick note right here. People say that the Bible puts women down. There's many stories like this in the Bible where the Bible actually raises women up in the case with this woman and her faith, and they, they uh, cheer on her faith. So the Bible's actually one of the very earliest supporters of women. But anyway, this woman is in this crowd of people. And she could have said, you know what? I can never get to Jesus. I guess I'm just going to have to say sick. She had tried many physicians. She had this issue of blood for many, 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 many years, 12 years. Constant bleeding. Didn't stop. She had spent all of her money, gave everything that she had for doctors and physicians. But she got so desperate. She was so persistent that she said, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I too will be healed. I'll be healed. So she went through the crowd and she grabbed the hem of Jesus' garment. And in that moment, she was completely healed. She felt in her body that she was healed. She was persistent. Don't give up just because you didn't receive it right away. Don't give up because it didn't happen for somebody else. We don't know somebody else's story. And may I encourage you today to never judge why somebody didn't receive divine healing. Unless they tell you flat out. Like if, like, you know, somebody, one time I, I went to pray for somebody at the altar and they straight up told me like they didn't believe that God was going to do it for them. It wasn't their day. That's a lack of faith, clearly. That's, that they told me. They straight up said that, 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 that to my face. But we should never speculate why somebody didn't receive something. But we need to have faith in God. We need to know the Bible. We need to declare the word of God and we need to be persistent. Be persistent. Don't give up just because it didn't happen right away. Don't give up because, you know, this happened or that happened. Be persistent. Be persistent. Bring your request before God. Take authority the way that God wants us to take authority.
receive divine healing in your body. Keep believing God. I've had instances where I believed God for something for a little while and it didn't happen immediately, but eventually my body was well. Eventually my body was well. Divine healing is available to you. It's available to every believer and you can receive it today in Jesus' name. Let me pray for you real quick. If you need healing in your body right now, just like Peter says in the name, and he said in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. Jesus, or Peter said that. And he said that because he saw it modeled uh, to him through Jesus. He knew what the will of God was concerning divine healing. And so right now I say unto you, in the name of Jesus, be healed in your body if, if you're sick. In Jesus' name, be healed. I even pray in the name of Jesus. Eyes be open, ears be open, bodies be touched, fevers leave in the name of Jesus. Father, if somebody's not well in their legs, that they would even be strengthened in their legs, that they'd be able to walk in the name of Jesus. Be healed in Jesus' name. Amen. Just like that, I believe that somebody can receive divine healing if they receive it by faith. Amen. Amen. If you don't know Jesus Christ today, allow me to say this to you. Jesus Christ died. He lived a perfect life. He came down from heaven. He was God in the flesh. He lived a perfect and sinless life. He was tempted in every way that we, were, uh, that we were, but he did not sin. Yet he still went to the cross. He still died a painful death on the cross so that you and I could have a relationship with him, so we could be forgiven of our sin. He was buried in the ground. He rose again. And today he says, if you repent of your sin and put your faith in me, that you can have eternal life. It's the only way. Baptism in the church when you were a baby does not make you saved. Doing good things does not make you saved. It's do you know, have you repented of your sins and put your faith in Jesus Christ? If you want to give your life to Jesus Christ today, repeat this prayer after me. Say, dear Jesus, today I give you my life. I repent of my sin. I put my faith in you. I believe in my heart. And I confess with my mouth that you are Lord and that you were raised from the dead, that you died for me. I want a relationship with you, Jesus, in Jesus' name. Amen. And just like that, the Bible says that all of heaven rejoices when even one person gives their life to the Lord. I feel led to say this if you might be wondering why. Why does he give people an invitation to be saved at the end of all of his podcasts? It was something the Lord laid on my heart. There's the one thing that God values more than anything else is people's eternal destinations. Is people being saved. And so I believe that if, the, if you, I believe that if we value that here at Impact Youth, if we value that here at Faith Church, which we do as a church, that God will bless that because we value souls. And that's the number one thing that God values. So even if no one gives their life to the Lord, at least we gave an invitation for people to, they can't stand before God and say, I never had an opportunity. If you did just give your life to Jesus Christ, I want you to just type something in the chat to us. You can type, uh, amen. You could, you could uh, just say amen right in the chat. Uh, you can also go ahead on our Instagram page, Impact Youth. You can DM us and we'll be happy to get you connected with some resources. If you did just give your life to Christ, find a Bible-believing church to get involved with and uh, receive from that, get discipled, get plugged in. Uh, but God bless you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in and we'll be back with more next week. Thank you for listening to the Uncanceled Podcast. We hope you are blessed and encouraged by the teaching today. 
If you are between the grades of 5th through 12th grade, make sure to check us out in person at Faith Church in New Milford, Connecticut every Wednesday night from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Be sure to tune in next week for another weekly podcast from Uncanceled. God bless.